Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you. It is great to be together on the Lord's Day. Great to take advantage of an opportunity to honor moms. It's an honor to be back with you all. And uh, don't judge too harshly today. This is actually part one of two. John offered me Mother's Day and Father's Day in the place where my parents attend. And I was like, yes. I, we try to remember, I don't think this has ever happened before. So an, an especially special honor for us today. Uh, of course, I think Jan Mead probably did some second mothering to me and Sarah Beth over the years at Manor Woods as well. So uh, thank you all for letting us join you today. Uh, it's not easy being a mom, and I ought to know, because I did not make it easy on my mom, and I'm married to the mother of my two sons, and we've added a daughter-in-law, and I don't ever recall a moment of pausing and reflecting that included the words, this is easy, not, not ever. It's not easy being a mom. There are challenges in our world, huge challenges and concerns. There may be huge challenges in your family or at work or just life in general. There may be challenges in the church these days and challenges for matters of faith. So wherever I go and share, I always like to bring some words of encouragement about the broader church, the big C church, how it is doing, because... We're all a part of that. And the Bible says to mourn with those who mourn and to rejoice with those who rejoice. One of the older congregations that we have been working with, unfortunately, is closing its doors, which we hate to see. A once vibrant congregation declined, is aging, the community around has changed, but they decided to put everything, the, the building and property, into Waypoint's hands. And so while that church is closing on June 4th, this coming September, a brand new church will be planted in that space. Brand new congregation will be established, working to reach the next generation for Christ. So we mourn the one and rejoice with the other. We're also rejoicing with a one-year-old congregation in Virginia Beach, reaching nearly 100 new people, and they've already had 16 baptisms in their first year, which is awesome. Uh, the church planter, James Davis, just told me this past Friday about Shannon, who decided she was ready to give her life to the Lord, and her husband was just returning from deployment, and her husband came home and got to baptize her. So a neat celebration there. And then near where we live, uh, just east of Raleigh in North Carolina, a, a one-and-a-half-year-old church had a record 255 for Easter, and they just celebrated their 45th baptism into Christ in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And I love to share those Good news stories, because not only do we get to rejoice in them, you and I are a part of them. And I know that here at New Hope, we're partners together in that, praying and supporting new church work. So your prayers and your mission support is going toward the church planting mission field all around us. So thank you. Um, I, I find those stories particularly encouraging, especially in light of so many discouraging stories these days and the news and in politics and just the, the general challenges that we face 
in our world from day to day. So while Mother's Day presents an opportunity for a sermon theme, we all are familiar with challenges, difficulties in life. So I think it's good to hear some encouragement and inspiration. Our inspiration today comes from a story found in 1 Samuel about a woman who remained faithful in very difficult circumstances. The setting of her story, I want you to hear the the context from a, a historical perspective, was that her country was in turmoil. Maybe some of us relate to that a little bit. In fact, the Bible says that in those days, everyone did as they saw fit, which maybe we can relate to a little bit as well. This nation was also struggling with enemy nations who wanted to see their country fall. There was internal spiritual decay in a vacuum of good moral leadership. Hmm. At one point, this woman's country had realized God's hand of blessing on it, but because everyone was doing as they saw fit, it was now really in a state of dysfunction, disarray. And again, maybe we're able to relate to that a little bit. But in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're introduced to Hannah, who will become the mother of the prophet Samuel, who will designate Israel's chosen king. So at that time, things were really bad. But God invited Hannah to keep watching for good to keep watching for him, to to keep watch for what he was up to so that she would see that no matter what was going on around her, God's plan for good cannot be stopped. And that's good news. God's plan for good cannot be stopped. Now, those not watching for God might have only seen a country rapidly fading from God. But those paying attention would discover that no matter how dark or dismal the landscape, God was still at work, His plan was still in place, and hope would pierce the darkness. Someone not watching closely might have even said back in that day, you know what, it looks to me like God's plan for our lives and for our country is failing. But others, keeping close watch would discover God was always in control. He never fails. And in the midst of terrible times, Hannah, even though experiencing great personal difficulty, she got to see God's perfect plan take place, not only in her own life, but the unfolding of God's plan in the lives around her. Through her story, we discover how we too can watch for God and see His good plan unfold in our lives as well. So, how can we be sure to see God at work in our lives? How can we watch for God in spite of maybe surrounding challenges? Well, we want to take a look at several ways that we can be sure we are not missing what God is up to, both in our lives and the world around us. So first, we can watch for God in the good and in the bad. It's easy to think that the Heroes in the Bible were somehow different than us. They went through different things. They experienced different things. Hard to relate to them maybe because their lives were different. Their culture was so different than ours. But Hannah dealt with real problems, and she faced them with real faith. Here's how. She faced problems by watching for God in the good and in the bad. 
And the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 1 introduces us to her husband, Elkanah, who, the Bible says, had two wives. And that tells us a little bit more about the society that they lived in in that time. But then verse 2 says, the one wife had children, but Hannah had none. The wife's chief role in that society was to provide children. Infertility was considered a curse. And society at that time would have looked down on Hannah as being less than. Now, maybe you're familiar with that kind of feeling, feeling less than, or that your self-worth has been diminished for some reason, feeling like you don't meet someone's expectations, or, or feeling like you've let someone down, or, or you're just feeling judged. Or maybe we have our own unmet expectations that we're beating ourselves up over. Even though the two women did not get along, as you might expect, the most difficult thing that Hannah faced was was this next statement that we find at the end of verse 5, and the Lord had closed her womb. And the Bible doesn't say why. It doesn't say it was for her own good or that Hannah was being punished. We don't know why God closed her womb. The Bible tells us, though, in the book of Job, chapter 2, verse 10, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So Hannah was watching for God in the good times and in the bad. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 7.14, when times are good, be happy, but when times are bad, what are we to do? Consider, stop, think about that. God has made the one as well as the other. Now, to make matters worse in Hannah's story, the Bible says her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This, This sister wife was cruel. You ever had an experience where someone was being intentionally irritating? Maybe they just knew how to rub you the wrong way or knew how to push your buttons, and they, and they were just irritating. Hannah was treated so badly, she would break down and cry. She couldn't eat. The Bible says that her husband tried to console her. That doesn't work because she's got this rival provoking her all the time. Now, I don't know about you, but so far... In this Bible story, I'm not that encouraged. So, we got to keep watching for God. We watch for God in the good and the bad. Hannah also faced her problems by watching for God in persistent prayers. Watch for God in persistent prayers. Hannah had some serious problems, but she didn't shut down. She didn't lash out at those around her. She brought her concerns to the Lord in prayer. When we're watching for God, sometimes we discover He's using our problems. Maybe He's getting our attention. Maybe He's trying to teach us something important or or prepare us for what's coming next. According to Psalm 119 and verse 71, the psalmist discovers, It was good for me to be afflicted. That sounds strange. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decree. Our problems should drive us into persistent prayers, leaning on the Lord and learning from Him. Listen to Hannah's prayer. This is 1 Samuel 1.10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. Have you ever, have you ever prayed That kind of a deep and abiding prayer, 
you ever prayed out in the bitterness of your soul, crying out to God? That's really not a, a style of prayer that we too often teach. But it is lifted up here as an example of effective prayer. And she addresses the Lord Almighty, the Lord of hosts. He is the, the Lord of the armies of heaven. And he is ready to do his work. And it sounds a little bit to me like Hannah may have felt helpless. So, powerless, she appeals to the one who has power. Helpless, she appeals to the one who has all authority. She promises to dedicate the child should God bless her with one. She promises he'll serve the Lord for his entire life as a priest in the temple. Through her years living with infertility and the, and the troubles that followed, Hannah acknowledges that nothing we have really belongs to us anyway. The, the children are for the family, but also for the Lord's family. Verse 12, she kept on praying to the Lord. So this was, this was fervent, heartfelt, persistent prayer, bathed in tears. She's praying in the temple. Eli, the priest, sees this outpouring and thinks that she's been drinking. She explains the state of her heart, and Eli extends a blessing. Verse 17, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Now, that would be encouraging. Persistent prayer became a turning point. Hannah was elated. Verse 18, she went away, ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. She lifted her concerns, and she was lifted up. Time spent in persistent prayer with Almighty God is time spent watching for His power to be at work in our lives. So we watch for God in good and bad. We watch for God through persistent prayers. And then we watch for God's provision. Don't, don't forget to keep watch when we pray. When Hannah was struggling, she was watching for God's provision. Not only was she persistent in prayer, she was consistent in worship. The very next morning, following those persistent prayers, she returns to the temple for worship. And then the Bible records, just a short time after that, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She names him Samuel, which in Hebrew means God has heard. Every time she said his name, she was reminded that our God is a listening God. Answers to our prayers may not always be what we want, but God promises true worshipers we will receive His provision one way or another. The Bible tells us that God loves to give good gifts to His children, Matthew 7, 11. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So we watch for God's provision. Listen to God's promise for provision found in Ephesians 3.20. This is from the message paraphrase, which reads, God can do anything, you know. I, I like the way that reads. God can do anything, you know. <laughs> Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Isn't that good? God, God could do anything, you know, more than we could imagine. And here's how he does it, by working deeply within us. 
Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in Jesus. Glory to God down all the generations. And so we watch for the God, the God who can do anything, you know. Keep watching the good and bad. Watch for God in persistent prayers. Watch for God's provision. When we watch, we see. When we are watching for God, we will see God. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. How? How do we see? Well, Hannah's story is one of the most inspiring in the Bible because she faced such great challenges, but through it all, she remained faithful to God. She praised Him through the good and bad. She remained faithful and watchful in worship, and we can do the same. How do we see God? We see God in worship, in faithful worship. Hannah was faithful. She was watching for God. She was worshiping God. The Bible says after Samuel was weaned, she returned yet again for worship. At uh, roughly three years old, Samuel has been nursed and nurtured and is now released to serve the Lord just as Hannah had promised. Sometimes promises to God are made and forgotten, but Hannah remained faithful. She kept her promise, knowing that Samuel did not really belong to her anyway. Hannah not only dedicated herself to her child, she dedicated her child to the Lord. And so she brings Samuel to the house of the Lord. And we read in verse 28, so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. She, she gave herself over to the Lord. That's worship. She gave everything to him. That's worship. She gave her child. She gave sacrificially. She made sure that it was all about God, not her, not her child. She made it all about him, and that is worship. And then... Verse 28, as the chapter concludes, we get a glimpse into Samuel's heart, and it says, and he worshiped the Lord there. Isn't that interesting? Now Samuel, at such a young age, he worshiped the Lord there. That's what he'd been taught, the value of worship, putting God first in everything. This wasn't just a a promise to drop Samuel off, did my duty. (laughs) This was a promise to teach and train, to build character And faith, likely teaching straight from Torah, like Deuteronomy 6, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That's the kind of love that Hannah demonstrated to Samuel. That's the kind of love willing to sacrifice herself for the sake of her son. She loved him so much. She enjoyed the blessings of watching him learn and mature and shaping him while he was under her wing and and simply having around during those early years. But she was committed to doing whatever it takes for him to reach his godly potential, willing to send him away. She dealt with real problems. She lifted up persistent prayers. She saw God at work and experienced his provision, and through it all, watching for God, she remained faithful and prayerful and worshipful. So how do we see God? We see him in praise and worship. I want you to hear Hannah's beautiful psalm of praise. This is found in the second chapter of 1 Samuel, and you'll notice there is no sadness here at all. 
She presents Samuel at the temple and immediately breaks out into praise. She was thrilled to be able to parent someone of usefulness to God and a, and a benefit to society. It's verse 1. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. His plan will prevail. It cannot be stopped. And it endured years of silent suffering and harassment at the hand of her rival. She, she goes to worship in spite of her pain. She faithfully praises God's name. She pours out her tears and her petitions. And when God answers her prayers, she not only keeps her promise, she demonstrates a life filled with praise. Sometimes life and parenting can be overwhelming. Sometimes we don't like the story that we see unfolding and we don't feel all that encouraged and inspired. Now those not watching for God might only see the problems all around. Issues at home, a country fading from God. But those paying attention will see that no matter how dark or dismal the landscape, God is still at work his plan is still in place, and hope can pierce the darkness because God's plan cannot be stopped. In worship, Hannah discovered she was a person of great worth. In God's sight, it was in praise and worship that Hannah discovered she could keep her head lifted high. She understood that God loved her for who she was and not for what she did. God's love is for you, not what you do. And God's love for you is all about who you are, not what you have accomplished. Hannah learned at a deep level that God understood her sorrow and her pain. He was listening. He met her right where she was. God does the same for you and me. As we watch for him, he is there for us. Like Hannah, no matter where you're at or, or what you're facing, when you are watching for God in worship, you will see him. Hannah prayed and praised, watching for God and seeing him. And I pray you see him too. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to live lives faithfully to you, lives filled keeping our eye out for what you're doing in our lives and in the world around us, recognizing that you are doing a deep work inside of us. And as you do a deep work inside of us, you are at work on those around us. And so, God, we trust you are listening. We cry out to you and lift up our, our hearts to you, our lives to you, our struggles to you. And we pray, God, that you speak to us, that you answer our prayers, that you guide us, that you would be with us, and that as we watch, we will see you. We lift up and praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.